This is Stories from Palestine podcast. My name is Crystal and I live with my Palestinian husband and two children in Beit Safafa between Jerusalem and Bethlehem. I studied the tour guide program at the Bethlehem Bible College and I recently graduated. Listen to weekly new episodes about the history, cultural heritage and reality of life in Palestine. This week, you can learn about the work of the Hope Flowers School in Al Ghadr, a town close to Bethlehem in the West Bank. I made this episode upon request of the Friends of the Hope Flowers School, a non-profit foundation that supports the work of the school financially. They are always hopeful that people who know the importance of the meaningful work of this school under very difficult circumstances will be inspired to support the school too. The mission of the school is we are educating for the well-being of humanity. For this podcast episode, I visited the Hope Flowers School in the beginning of June, just a couple of weeks after the Israeli bombings of the Gaza Strip. I'm here in the Hope Flower School in Al Ghadr. It was a little bit hard to find it because it's really on the outskirts of the village and it's very close to settlement and we'll be talking about that. I'm sitting here with Ibrahim and Ibrahim is the director of the school. Ibrahim, before we start talking about the school, can you introduce yourself a little bit so that the listeners know who you are? I'm Ibrahim Isa. I'm a father of five children, 47 years old. And I'm involved with Hope Flowers since many years, but officially since 2000. And where in Palestine are you from? I'm uh, living now in Beit Jala, but my family is originally descending from an area near Tel Aviv called Dramle, whose family properties were confiscated in 1948, and they forced to leave and lived in the Hesha refugee camp in Bethlehem for many, many years there. So you yourself grew up in the refugee camp here. And can you just describe that for people who never know anything about refugee camps in Palestine? Because a lot of people think that refugees live in tents. I'm actually from the third generation of refugees. So my grandfather, my father and myself. So I'm from the third generation. The living conditions in the refugee camp were very, very limited. And I'm speaking about the time of 70s and 80s. The refugee camp started with tents because everyone had the dream to return back to their homes. And you can see that between 1948 and 1952 that people lived in literally in tents. In 1952, people start to have some block homes because they found that they are settling here and they still, they thought they would return back. And that situation continued like that till, I think, 1958. And in 1958, you start to see more permanent homes coming in the refugee camps. The refugee camp is very small, very densely populated area with very limited infrastructure. I mean, at that time, we did not have electricity. We did not have water. We were totally depending on aid also from the UNRWA, the United Nations Relief and Work Agency. 
So growing in the refugee camp and studying in the refugee camp, it was very, very basic life there, but with a lot of hopes and dreams also. And uh, I studied in the Hesha refugee school. And uh, when people ask me about child empowerment now, being involved in education, I think that was the most school who focused on child empowerment. Even we were refugees, deprived, do not have any means as schools. But I think that school managed to implant within every student, within every child, how to have hope and how to be responsibly a human being. If we talk about the school and education system in Palestine, before we really talk about the school where we are now, can you explain what types of school do we have in Palestine? What types of school are there in Palestine and what can children choose from? There are several types of schools in Palestine. Many of them belong to religious background, either Muslim or Christian background and from different orientations. Some schools are also belong to political parties or political affiliation, even though it's not declared, but you know, it's, uh, it's mostly politics here in everyone's life. And there are also independent schools. And Hope Flowers School is an independent school. We have no formal religious or political affiliation. In the West Bank, there are about 2,700 schools, public schools, and there are about 58 UNRWA schools. And I think there are about 90 private schools. And I mean private, non-governmental. It could be also religious schools, but also not affiliated to government. So now let's talk about Hope Flower School. Maybe first start with the name, Hope Flower. How did this school come about and what makes it so special? The school is founded by my father, Hussein Isa. My father, as I told you in the beginning, he grew up in a refugee camp also. And he dreamed of developing the life of Palestinians and providing opportunities for Palestinian children. So he established Al Amal Child Care Center, which was a kindergarten in 1984. And the kindergarten started in literally one rented garage room with mattresses in the floors, very limited circumstances. The area was missing these kind of projects. And my father at that time used to work in UNRWA as a social worker, mainly with Palestinian refugees and Palestinian people in refugee camps and mainly with children. So he had this idea that he can contribute to developing the Palestinian children and providing them opportunities. The name Al-Amal is an Arabic word, means hope, because all circumstances around were very basic circumstances. So his vision was one of hope. That was the name Al-Amal. Every year the kindergarten has developed. Year by year the situation improved. And in 1989 it became an elementary school. So here came the name the Hope Flowers School. Hope is still Al-Amal. Flowers is flowering from that Hope Flowers. So it's a verb, it's not a noun. (laughs) That has also to do with the vision of Hussein. And my father died in the year 2000, and he was dreaming of moving more towards the fruits of hope and to have the fruits. But unfortunately, that we still work to make hope flowers. Yeah. 
Can you tell us a little bit about where the school is located? Because I came from Bethlehem and I drove here and I'm on the edge of Bethlehem and I just see from the window a big settlement. So that must affect in one way or another the school. It affects very much the school. We are located in area C, which is an area totally controlled by Israeli authorities. We are located in Al-Khadr which is a village four kilometers to the south of Bethlehem. And 80% of the ground of this village is confiscated by settlements. And big settlement block is built here. It's not only Ifrat, but the Gosh Atzion settlement block, which is mainly built on the ground of this village. There are about 80,000 settlers living in this area. Palestinians becoming very much suppressed by settlers and the Israeli policies in the area. Every week, there is expansion of the settlement, and you can recognize this expansion if you come next week here. Every single home and building in this area has demolition order, including the school building. And we have been since 2002 in court and in a process to protect the school from demolition. Infrastructure is very weak in the area. Palestinians are not allowed to develop infrastructure. Israeli authorities see this area as Palestinian area, so no need for developing the area. So we are living in and operating in very difficult circumstances here. It affects almost everything. The electricity network in the school is very weak. We cannot develop that. Communication network, we have very weak internet signal also here and infrastructure in the area. It affects us very much. Is that something that you realized when you started to build here? Or is that something that happened to you once the building was already up? No, we we know that. The first demolition order we had is in 1996, even before the second uprising. It was immediately after the Oslo Accord. Even though the school started here was in 1992. So the Israelis knew that there is a school is emerging here, and they they know that. But uh, when the peace process started in 1994 and Oslo Accord, the Israelis have big interest in the area. So they started to exert pressure on all Palestinians living here to leave the area. Now, it is for us a matter of principle. We know we are operating in very limited circumstances, and we know that the infrastructure is weak, we have all kinds of problems here, but we have a choice here. And our choice is to stay here and to serve our community from this place. I imagine that many of the children that go to school here, they have a lot of different circumstances within their families also that are related to the political reality. Can you talk a little bit about that? How do you see that with children and what as a school can you do to support these children? 80% of the children attending the school are from refugee camps in the area and from area C and areas directly affected by the settlement blocks here in, in the surrounding. So to our records here in uh, Hope Flowers, 30% of the parents are unemployed. And these are children living in poverty. Children are affected directly by violence and the circumstances here. We have, you can see later, we have also trauma treatment program in the school, and that's especially for children and families affected by violence in the area. So when we speak about 
children and the impact of violence and these circumstances on children and families, it's immense. The situation became worse with the recent wave of violence erupted in uh, in May uh, 2021 and all complications here with corona also the impact of corona on people either by losing family members which was the area was hit badly also here and even the consequences of corona like parents losing jobs all situation related to families cannot afford basic needs for their children so we have to deal with so many challenges here when it comes to children's well-being and what would you say that in hope flower school is different than in maybe other schools what programs or what ways of teaching do you implement that is different from the usual in hope flowers it's the very basic rule here is we focus very much on child's well-being So we take all these circumstances in consideration and we try to respond to the children's needs here. So the first and most important aspect is we try to make the school here a safe space for children. And we develop programs to do that. For example, the trauma treatment program. We try also to give children an equal opportunity in education, and that's consistent with the school philosophy of promoting human rights. So we have a program for children with disabilities, and we have programs for autistic children. For us, it's about well-being and well-being of children, and about promoting and nurturing human rights values in the Palestinian society. When we speak about human rights, we have to look for the very basic needs of these children, either mental, physical, or even emotional well-being. And so in general, do you follow the Palestinian curriculum? And are there any extracurriculum activities? As a school, we are obliged to use the Palestinian curriculum, but we integrate all other values in curriculum through curricular and non-curricular programs. For example, providing hot meals for children. This is not an activity described in the standard curriculum, but we thought in the school we have to do that because we found, I don't know the current statistics now, but at that time that 56% of the children in the school are malnourished. So we have to develop this program to provide hot meals. This is not described in Ministry of Education, but we found as a school that this is a very important aspect to deal with. We speak about maternal and child health, for example, and informing parents how to deal with their children in times of crisis. These are all non-curricular activities. I'm just giving an example of non-curricular activities that support the school vision and orientation. Do you receive any funding from the Palestinian Authority or do you have other ways how to finance it? Because I imagine that for the parents, it's not always easy to pay school fees? Unfortunately, the Palestinian Authority do not provide any funding for us, not only for us, but for non-public schools in Palestine. They fund only public sector. And that's really very big difficulty for us because tuition fees form only 20% of our income. And 80% has to come from donations from school friends and from abroad. And in these circumstances, With Corona, it hit everyone, even our friends in Europe and in USA. So we have been affected also by that. We do not have 
funding from the Palestinian Authority, and that forms an obstacle for not only for us, but all schools in Palestine in general. And now this podcast was a request also from one of those friend groups in the Netherlands. Can you say a little bit how that works when you have a group of friends from abroad supporting you? How do they do that? First, I would like to thank our friends in the Netherlands and in uh, other countries also for their support and solidarity with Hope Flowers School. These are all volunteers. They believe in the school vision. They believe in supporting Palestinian children and believe in the cause here. And they found that supporting the Palestinian children through education is the best way for building peace and for ensuring their well-being also. So we are very thankful for them. Our friends just share the human stories here and the needs in the area, in the school, and create awareness in their community about the Palestinian-Israeli conflict and the human stories related to that. People also support, they can financially support the school through these friends, which is a non-for-profit association like in the Netherlands. And they can make tax-deducted donation uh, for the school. And they can be also involved with the friends by being part of the working group there. Not necessarily being a board member, but they can share the news. They can certainly come and visit also and to learn more about the situation here. And we are very happy always to host people to show them our work and the reality around That was going to be my last question. If people who are listening to the podcast are planning a trip to Palestine and they want to come and visit the school to see what you are doing here, that is an, an option. That's certainly an option. And I want to tell you that between 1994 and certainly until, until the second uprising in 2000, one of our programs being an open place for people to come to learn about the school and the area. And at that time, we have not only focused on people from Europe and the U.S., but also Israelis could come and learn and see. This program continues now. We are very happy to host people from all backgrounds to come and to learn about the situation and to share with them the vision of Hope Flowers School. So if people want to come, they are very welcome, and they are very welcome also to stay to volunteer also. We provide volunteer opportunities and also to be involved in our programs. If they wish to be involved in our trauma program, peace building program, we can discuss that with them, with everyone who wish to do that. So yes, they are very welcome. I will drop a, a link in the show notes so that people can follow the link and see more about the Hope Flower School and contact you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Christelle. It's a pleasure to have you here. Hello. Hi. How are you? I am fine, thank you. Where are you from? When in the second? Doha. Doha. Do you like the school? No, you don't like school? Not at all? Intekeman? <laughs> What is your name? I... <laughs> Are you happy? <laughs> I'm not happy, but you said. What is your name? Wait, why is it? Your name is Mark. Yes, sir. 
يازن وين من وين انت يازن وير ار يو فروم دوحه من الدوحه بعيد من هون لا مش كثير لا انت بتيجي بالسياره اه Yeah, you come with the car, with bus or with in the bus or in the car? Car. In the car, like me, I came in the car. Okay. Good luck in the school for Saida. For Saida. Can you just say a little bit about yourself, Vera? Who are you and how did you come to work in this school? I'm Vera Abdrabo. I'm from Bethlehem. I work here in Hope Flowers School since 2018. But uh, I know the school and the community center uh, from before. I work at the Hope Flowers for Community and Educational Development Center as a full-time. And most of the time uh, for me, it's at the center, not at the school. So what does this center do? What does it provide? We have several uh, programs. We provide uh, programs for teachers and children also. Our main uh, program now, we work to strengthen the skills of teachers and the counselors at the schools, not only the workers who are here at Hope Flowers School, but also we work with the public schools and Onirwa schools to interact together and Also, to talk about their problems uh, in these different kinds of schools, uh, the public schools, UNRWA schools that work in refugees, and our school as a private school, you can see. We work also on their mental health as a teacher because they need to talk and relieve themselves from all the tension they hold on uh, themselves from everything going around them. Also, they strengthen their skills for the teachers, especially how to work with the children, especially with children who have learning disabilities also, how to integrate them in the school with the normal children. Also, we work with them if they have children at their class have trauma problems, how to integrate them in the, in the class, because most of the time these children, they can't focus. So we give them skills how to work with uh, these children and integrate them through the class to go smoothly, to also improve their education skills. Because the child, when he have trauma issues, they can't focus on their educational uh, improvement. So they need help. And the someone who can help them is their teacher because they spend together seven hours a day. He can or she can help them to also play with their children because sometimes they go out from the group. They don't want to interact with their colleagues. They want to be alone. They want even to study. The teacher is the important person who can help them. And the one also at the school who can improve these uh, and help these uh, teachers is the counselor. So mainly our program uh, strengthen the teachers and counselor to work together. Also, we have training for the principal to also strengthen the role of the teacher and the counselor together in the school because they are one group, they have one cause to work toward it, which is the children, to uh, have a safe place, provide everything, not only educational stuff, also with their mental health. I'm uh, walking around the school with Vera now and we went down and here there are some special rooms. What is this? 
This is uh, the sensory box room. We use it with the children at the school and also with the autistic children to do some activities. As you see uh, here, this is a television. It's a sensitive uh, television that interacts with children. So it helps the children with some uh, music and some lights in the room to uh, calm them down, especially with the children who have some traumatic uh, problems and issues that helps the social worker to work with them and to improve their mental health. This room, it have very uh, special things like the bag beans, the children, they can sit and relax with the lights that have different lights that give them a relaxation mood. And also the social worker can work with them. I see that also the walls are covered with something soft so that if they bump themselves into the walls yes. and uh, in all the rooms especially in this section have safe walls especially for the autistic children because these children sometimes they, they have tantrums and they can uh, even be harmful to themselves so we keep the place here very safe uh, for them Iman, you are the occupational therapist here in the school and we are here in a special room. Can you tell me a little bit what do you do with the children and what is this room all about? This room called sensory room. It contains a lot of materials and uh, equipments, works on the senses, five senses or maybe six senses according uh, to the children. We focus on the autistic children uh, to work on this room in the beginning because they have some problem in the sensory profile, in the touch, uh, smell, vision and hearing and the stereognosis. So we start the work with the children on this room to prepare them and to try them to be more uh, ready to work in another room. This room works on two things, therapy and stimulation. Sometimes I work with the child here according to his situation, maybe a child with the special education, maybe. I work here to help him to be more focusing and to improve his concentration, maybe in the lectures and in the class. And in another way, we work uh, here like a therapy to maybe to reduce some tantrum crying so we work here to reduce these features and to prepare the child to be able to engage in the normal uh, class or in the autism department without a big tantrum behavior <laughs> شنو نكتب هون؟ شنو نكتب هون؟ ست أحسنت برافو عليك ريان with the autistic features but now can contact and talk to anyone we engaged him in the kindergarten one year ago and now we try to engage him in the first grade and we do with him to improve his educational skills preschool skills and school skills to prepare him to be in the first grade. But he has a little of features until now. But I think during the work this year, I think Ryan will be a child like another children in the, in the school. So you see improvement with him when you work yes. with him one-to-one? -one. Yes, Ryan engaged in the school three years ago. And we worked with him hardly, with the, a good team, speech, occupational therapy and special education. And we engaged him in the kindergarten under supervision. 
So Rihanna, yes, yani we 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 saw a big changes about when they when he came here and uh, now. Ryan, انت بتحب المدرسة؟ آه. شو انت بتسوي حل ما الميس؟ ميس لا إيمان. إيمان. آه. وشو انت بتسوي مع إيمان؟ إيمان شاطر. إيمان شاطرة وانت كمان شاطر؟ آه. انت من وين؟ ساكن تكوا. من تكوا؟ واو. Good luck Ryan. Vera. <تصفيق> <تصفيق> How many children are there in the Hope Flower School? In the regular school, we have 350 uh, children from kindergarten until the sixth grade. Normally, the children and the classes around uh, like in the kindergarten, it's 50 divided into two classes. The first grade and second grade, they have around 30 in each class. Other classes, they have around 15 to 20 children. Also, we have learning disabilities, children that we work with them. So in these classes, there are not so much children, around 10, because they have to work with them, not in the same curriculum with the children. So they have special curriculum. Sometimes we integrate them with the normal classes. When they have improvement with their educational skills, we integrate them to the normal classes. We have around 12 children in autism program. There are two classes with six in each class. This is the number of our daily program in the school. We have an after-school program, but unfortunately now during Corona, it stopped because a big number, it's around 19 children in a special program. It's an after-school program that we work with children from our school and children from other schools, public schools and honorable schools. Children who have so much problems like poverty, family issues like divorce. One of the parents is ill, he can work, he can uh, give their children their basics in their life and some uh, parents who have mental issues they can't take care of their children so we try to work with these children to improve their mental health issues and also some children who have very beautiful life but they are educationally not that good so also we help them to do their homework in the after school program so we help also the parents at home with their education also We went upstairs in the school and here there are a couple of other rooms and there's also somebody here who is social worker and who can also communicate not only with the children but also with the parents if needed. Can you tell me your name? شو اسمك؟ أماني أخصائي اجتماعية هون بشتغل بالمدرسة مع أطفال المدرسة على الإرشاد التربوي والتفريغ النفسي لصدمة النفسية. Amani, she's uh, the social worker here at Hope Flowers School. She's working with children at the school uh, from the kindergarten uh, till the sixth grade. 
she worked with them, especially the children who have traumatized problems and issues in the briefing. هلا انا كمان بشتغل مع الاطفال وحسب الحاجه، هلا في شيء بنشتغل معاه على نظام مجموعات، ناخذهم مجموعه خمس ست اولاد بنشتغل معاهم. She is working with children at the school in two types, one individual and the other one is in groups. She takes children from each class, they work in a group, they draw, they talk, they do different activities. And sometimes she can see if individual children have problems through their interaction during the group. She afterward can work with them individually. Sometimes the teacher tell her that they see there some children in her class, they facing a problem, they see some features. So they tell her if she can talk with them. Or sometimes some parents, they call her and they come to school and they tell her they have problems with their children either at home or at the school. So she can work with the child and also to help the mother. And uh, not only sometimes the mother, maybe the father cooperate the mother and cooperate with her as a social worker at the school. They work together for the benefit of the child. هلا احنا هون كمان بنشتغل بنعمل لقاءات كمان فرديه للاهالي اذا كانت مشكله الولد اكثر مش مش بس هون عندنا تكون في المدرسه انها كمان بالبيت sometimes not only she work with children also if she sees that the problem it's not from the child it's from their parents at home she call the parents and she tries to work with the mother she have individual sessions with the mother to help her sometimes uh, if this big problem tries to integrate the father also if he can cooperate so not only the children she work with the parents with individual sessions especially we are living in a situation that we have problems every day Politically, and during the last year, Corona, the Corona affects uh, the parents especially very much. And some uh, parents lost their job, so make uh, too much pressure on the parents. So she tries to work with them and to help them how to deal in their daily life and with their children. كمان من ضمن شغلنا هون مع المعلمين نفسهم كيف بنعمل معاهم جلسات تفريغ للمعلمين لانه كمان المعلمين متعرضين لكثير ضغوطات also she works with teachers at the school because also they are living in very stressful situation due to all these political issues that came up lately and also the new things they learn also especially in the corona pandemic they started to teaching online so there's a new skills they have to learn so fast so they can continue teaching their children so they have so much difficulties they need to work with it and to continue their work so amani tries to help them deal with these difficulties and to work on their debrief to have relief and to accept all these challenges and the new skills they have to learn they sometimes do debriefing sessions maybe also as a group or individually وهلا من العيد 
احنا عمالنا مركزين بالانشطه التفريغيه بشكل كبير يعني تخيليش كيف وضع الاولاد كثير صعب اجونا بعد العيد especially after الفتر vacation the children came back to school with a very negative energy they didn't live the العيد as usual feeling happy wearing new clothes and play with their friends visiting their relatives and their family They came back with stressful feelings, negative energy, and she realized it through their drawings and through their debriefing when they talk, especially with all the occasions happened in Jerusalem and Gaza. The children can see and feel what's happening around them. She needs to work with them. Not only we have like two weeks until the school will end. She says that she needs to continue with them because we can't work with them in this short time. The children need to work with them in intensive sessions, debriefing sessions to help them go out from these stressful situation. And not only due to all these political things that happening around them, Also, the economic situation the family is living in. Lots of parents, as she said before, they lost their jobs because of corona. And the thing, it's continuing. If they have a new job, but not as their previous job that can help them with their daily needs. And the children came back after Eid vacation feeling very, very, very sad. In this room, they have just been sitting with Amani, a group of children, and they were painting. And what we see here is that, unlike usually, they have used a lot of dark colors. And what did she say more about uh, the session with the children? During this session, they started talking about happy things. But afterwards, when they talked about what happened uh, during Al-Eid, uh, they were watching TV, seeing all the things happening in Gaza and Jerusalem. They started talking about how they couldn't go to Al-Aqsa during Al-Eid. They didn't go to Jerusalem. Or even uh, some parents used to take their children to see their relatives outside Bethlehem, even to Hebron, to Nablus, to Ramallah. They couldn't go due to the close of the cities. People, they can't go out. Also, some children lost their relatives due to uh, corona. And they feel very sad because they can't be with their beloved ones as they used to be. So she realizes that children started with nice colors. And after they start talking, they started to use the dark colors, especially the black colors. البابس المسرح يعبروا يحكوا حتى ولد عندك كيف حط الكمامه قديش انه على الكورونا She took us now to another room and in this room there is a very nice small puppet theater there are puppets that the children can play with and even one of the children put a face mask over the face of the puppet there is a little suitcase full of music instruments So this is a place where they can do all kinds of activities with the kids to make them talk and to make them feel more comfortable. 
Yes, as she sees throughout the activities, children need more debriefing. So she's using all the instruments that we have at the school, like drawings, using the puppet theater, music instruments, through uh, the music therapy, the parachute. Amani, she's adding that after a late vacation, the kindergarten teacher saw a child that she's not interacting as usual. She's not participating in the activities as usual. Uh, she wants to be alone. They bring her to Amani and she starts working with her. And she discovered that this girl during Al Eid, the soldiers came to their house and they wanted to take her father. So it was a very tough experience uh, for her. So the child came back with sadness, not feeling well. So she tried to work with her to deprive, to draw on her face and to do happy things with her, to let her take out all these bad experiences that she went through and the feeling of losing her father. And she said also that her name is Farah, that means happy. And now she's not happy. So they tried to work with her to bring back happiness to her. During this period, Amani says that in the trauma treatment unit, they work very hard because the area where the school is, beside the settlement, the soldiers are always around, always on the street, which is beside the school. Most of the children who are in the school are living in the houses beside the school. So they see everything happens on a daily basis. The tear gases, the bombs, they tried the soldier to throw to scare the people. And especially this is affects the small children who can still realize what's going on, why this is happening. So she's trying to work with these children. In this unit, on a daily basis, they have work. If she is not in the trauma treatment uh, rooms, she's with the kids in the classes helping the teacher. Because sometimes uh, they see that there are students who are very good and sometimes suddenly they change. They don't have as usual good grades. They don't interact as usually. So when she started to work with these children, she discovers that living in this area, seeing soldiers all the time, the settlement, it's in front of their house. It's not something that a child wants to see on a daily basis. The last thing that she wants to add that she's very happy that you visit us uh, here in the school and you saw uh, our work here at the school. And also she wishes if you can uh, come back here where the school is more active, more activities is going around because most of the time we have a lot of uh, university volunteers Students who are studying at the university, they come here to volunteer because they see our school have everything. Children with disabilities, children with learning disabilities and normal children. So there's diversity in one place. They learn from us a lot and also they give us something new to add to our program to do it with the children. So we hope that you can come back to see the school when it's good days, yeah, yeah. in full action. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
عاش عصفور صغير على شجرة زيتون زاره عصفور كبير وطلب منه أن يعيش معه في عشه الواسع رفرف الصغير و وقال عشك واسع لكن وطني أجمل If you feel inspired to support the Hope Flower School with a donation, then you can easily do that through the Friends of the Hope Flowers School Foundation. You can find a link to their website in the show notes of this podcast. You can also sign up for the newsletter or volunteer to organize fundraiser activities. And if you come to visit Palestine in the future, you can visit the school and see it for yourself. I will start working on programs for trips to Palestine once tourism is allowed again, and I will add a visit to the school as an option. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, please tell others about it. That is very helpful to grow the podcast audience. You can connect on Facebook, Instagram, Follow the YouTube channel and sign up for the weekly email reminder with a link to the new podcast episode. Use the link in the show notes. You can also use that link to visit my Ko-fi page where you can support the podcast with a donation. The podcast is free of advertisements only because of generous donations of listeners. And that's it. I hope you will tune in again next week. <laughs>